This is authentically Russian, depressing, bleak, a touch of divinity, and more than a little strange. Welcome, my mere mortalites, to another round of the book reviews. My name is Kyron. I do these book reviews for those who want to transcend beyond their own mere mortality to get something new, something interesting from the books that they're reading. And today, well, I read a Russian book from what you could tell with my very shitty accent. And yes, it is indeed The Death of Ivan Ilyich and Other Stories by the very famous Leo Tolstoy. This book was published in 2009. It's fairly hefty, about 500 pages. It's a collection of 11 of his novellas. So this is very short stories. And I'll quickly read out the titles for you here. The Prisoner of the Caucasus, The Diary of a Madman, The Death of Ivan Ilyich, The Kruza Sonata, The Devil, Master and Man, Father Sergius, After the Ball, The Forge Coupon, Alyosha the Pot, and Haji Murat. Wow. Now, these collection of stories, these 11 novellas, are Russian everything. So it's the characters, the landscape, the traditions, the culture, everything in it is purely Russian. So you're getting a full-on blast of everything that Russia has to offer. If I had to sum up the 11 stories, there's a couple of characteristics I could say that run throughout. Number one is that there is an always outside observer, a narrator. So it's not, I felt this, etc., etc. It's more, Father Sergius thought this, this lady did this. And so we're getting a, a whole view of the landscape of the story as it's being told. Number two is that it's mostly concerning Russian men. So although there are females in the stories, it's really looking at the music. So this can be the peasants all the way up to the emperor himself. And then there's the lesser nobility, the craftsmen, the tradesmen, people like that. So it's really focused on the male perspective. Another is that you can really see the influence of the Russian language, the Middle Eastern traditions, and they blend together in this. So there's quite a few words where you'll have to go to the glossary and look up and be like, oh, okay, that means this thing. That means this. Samovar, for example, constantly appears and you have to realize, oh, that's sort of their version of tea. The last one is that the stories are mostly everyday interactions. They're kind of boring in a way. So it's talking about an old man who is dying. It's talking about two people who get lost out in the snow while they're trying to do business. It's talking about transactions between people, a prisoner in his cell, etc., etc. So it's not grand narratives of crazy situations. It's mostly like people just going about their ordinary day-to-day lives and you can see, oh, okay, <laughs> this is something that I could have been doing if I was in Russia during this era. Touching on Tolstoy and these works in particular, most of these were written in 1880 to 1910. So this is closer to the latter part of his life. And thankfully, they're not like his most famous works such as War and Peace and Anna Karina, which are just voluminous lengths of a book, you know, 800 pages plus. This is relatively small and only being 500. And you also get the brief interactions, the stopping of the story. So you don't have to remember 120 different personalities and characters. You can get the the small individual snippets. So quite nice. And obviously Tolstoy is renowned as being one of the most famous Russian authors. So this is diving into some of his smaller, lesser known works. Now, this wouldn't be a Russian book review without some good old suffering in it. So yes, the first theme is anguish. And I've written down here, extreme unhappiness due to mental or physical suffering. And this book really contains both the stories, which are 
mostly physical stories which are mostly mental and then also the mix between the two of them and you can really see this in the physical part in master and man for example which is talking about how a guy wants to go out and do business foolishly does this during a snowstorm and brings along his i guess you'd call him servant and they get lost multiple times and extreme hypothermia sets in one of them dies etc etc so you really see the the physical side the mental side is more something such as the death of Ivan Ilyich, which focuses on his looking, examining of his own life. Did I do good things here? Was I a good person, etc., etc. And then obviously most of them also contain a mix of them. So Father Sergius, he's a guy who's really striving for perfection in a way and uh, ends up cutting off his finger in one part for uh, <laughs> very disturbing reasons. And it's I guess that mix of between the two of them. And one of the things that you can really see appearing in the book is just how much the landscape and the temperature plays a part of this. And particularly the temperature, which is extremely cold. It's Russia. So it's, you know, in the middle of winter there almost all the time. And this really seems to play a part on the characters themselves. So it's almost like they have too much time to think and not enough time to do stuff. So they get trapped in their own heads and they feel this anguish because they're constantly examining their interrelations with people, things they did good, things they don't have, comparing themselves to others. And they don't have the ability to, you know, forget that sort of stuff by going out and working because they're trapped indoors. It's silly to go outside. And if you do go outside, you're going to die just like you saw in Master and Man. With this anguish, we see some of the remedies that the characters try to implement to improve their lives to get rid of this anguish. Number one, I suppose, is getting outdoors. You see this in Haji Murat where he's really in love with the horse riding and this aspect of being wild and free really is appealing and seems to dampen down any of the negative thoughts that go through in his head with his family being kidnapped and ransomed and, you know, wars going on and things like that. We see it with the stereotype of Russians heavily drinking. So this is trying to numb or dull the pain away with vodka and, you know, they get into it very hard. We see it with the religiosity. So this is, I suppose, examining your life and really trying to find that spiritual connection that higher power subservience is another one so this is where you will be saying oh the russian emperor does this so i'm going to do this as well and then also being almost like a halfwit so in alyosha the pot which is probably almost the happiest of the stories you can see that alyosha is and i'm definitely pronouncing that wrong is a halfwit he's a guy who doesn't really know what he's doing and he's sort of a mix of a lot of these things he's very subservient. He just does what people he wants and he lives, I guess you could say, a very good life up until his death because he doesn't have that anguish. He doesn't have that feeling inside of him of like suffering. Oh God, why can't I be doing this? Why is these things happening to the etc. etc. So all of these are more physical remedies. Not so many of them are really diving deep into your own mind. Maybe the religiosity is slightly like that, but it's quite fascinating just seeing that the characters in this book and the methods they're trying to implement, not directly, the stories contain other aspects and themes, but what I took out from it was really looking and being like, oh, they're trying to extinguish this anguish that they're feeling and they're doing it through these methods. Some of them 
semi-useful, some of them obviously not useful, the drinking, for example. But it's quite interesting just going into that and looking and going, "Mm, you know, maybe these are some things that I'm doing in my own life as well. Finishing off this aspect of anguish as well, it really does seem like the Russian authors have a monopoly on it. So if we're talking Tolstoy, Dostoyevsky, Solzhenitsyn, for example, you can see that most of their stories and most of their well-renowned ones really deal with anguish, suffering and being miserable. It really seems like, I don't know, there's either something in the Russian spirit that finds a a comfort, a joy maybe in, in anguish and suffering, or that's just the conditions that they're in, the landscape, the hellish, the traditions, all of that sort of combines to them having a real deeper understanding of what anguish is and what suffering, both mental and physical, really truly deeply is. The second theme that pops up is rumination, and I'm describing this as the Russian version of introspection. So, It's almost like they have to do everything with a little bit of darkness in it. So a little bit of malaise, if you will. And so you can see this with the titular story of the death of Ivan Ilyich. So this is a man who goes through his life. He's trying to move up and progress in the world. So he's always taking job positions that have a higher pay. He's moving his family around. He buys a big mansion type place, you know, does all the curtains, makes everything down to the minuscule details of perfection of, you know, having this table set this way and these types of ornaments in his house and whatnot. And then when he gets sick and is dying, he's really looking at himself and goes, you know, how much of this stuff mattered? How much was it important that I had these types of curtains that I really got this extra bit of money and things like that? And he's looking at himself and going, man, damn, my life is kind of shit. (laughs) It's really, really bad. Another story, Father Sergius is a very similar man. He has these aspirations. He moves up through the world and then through his path, he decides to become a monk. And once again, there's this aspect of really looking deep, deep going inside. So looking at the heart, the core of what he's doing of, of, I guess, psychology, of mythology, of spirituality. And same thing for him. There always seems to be this tinge of just a little bit of badness mixed in with there. It's There's no real aspect of, man, I'm really happy with what I did there. It's always looking back, ruminating, going, oh man, I could have done that better or I wish I hadn't done this. Indirectly, one of the stories shows what happens when there is no rumination as well. So this is the forged coupon. And we see how one small event of a kid forging a coupon that was meant to be $2.50 rubles and instead said $12.50, how this had a triggering cause of events, almost the butterfly effect, if you will, where a small change equals bigger changes all up down along the line. And a small action here influences this action, which influences this. And we can see in this story, whereas part one, it's sort of bad things happen. So a small change at the start equals, you know, this guy being pissed off at this, he decides to take advantage of this person. This person then falls into a deep dark hole. He murders someone, he goes to prison, et cetera, et cetera. It's a rolling chain of events. And then vice versa, when we see there is, once again, not connected to rumination in the sense of people looking in, this is just people doing things and you can see, oh, this chain of events happens. Vice versa, when someone does something good, it tends to have a good chain of events. And, you know, this is a story. So obviously other things are happening in here, but it's really just trying to highlight, I guess, once you do do some introspection and rumination in the Russian version, you can see, oh, if I'm doing small 
good things here, it can have small good effects worldwide. And if I'm doing small bad things, I can see, oh, it's having larger effects, bad effects, vice versa. So I really do like that rumination aspect that is covered in these. So introspection comes out on top here. It seems to be a good meta thing to be doing, i.e. I'm looking at the good things that I'm doing, seeing that they're having good effects and going, oh, okay, I should reinforce that. And vice versa, if I'm doing bad things, seeing the bad effects and go, mm, you know what, I should probably cut that out. Once again, though, the Russian aspect really jumps in. Every time a character in the book is looking deep within, it always does seem rumination. They're ruminating on something. They're looking deep within themselves, but there's always like a suffering aspect attached to it. And once again, why that is, I don't know. That just seems to be part of the Russian literature or at the very case, and in this book, the Tolstoy literature. Onto my personal observations and takeaways. My favorite story of the bunch was Father Sergius. And I actually did a full podcast episode with Juan on this particular story on the Mere Mortals podcast. And looking deep into the aspect of going all in, that mentality of really devoting yourself to one thing and seeing if it has pragmatic benefits to this and what that mentality is sort of like. So if you wanted to check that out, that is episode 230. The other theme that I really missed out on when talking about all of these stories was right at the end that once again, totally Russian thing is to really focus on the suffering, the malaise, the anguish, and then right at the end have this bit of divinity in this. And I mentioned that right at the start of, of the audio here is that there is a aspect of redemption of divine beauty of something like that where the death of Ivan Ilyich right at the end, he sees the light in a way and he goes, oh, you know, I'm enlightened he has this aspect of goodness coming in and most of the stories do seem to have that even though right up until that point you know 95 percent of it is suffering so i didn't cover that too much here because well 95 percent of the books about suffering and anguish so i'll examine that more so in summary this is a nice intro to tolstoy without committing yourself to the 800 page plus that you'll find in some of his other books Realistic fiction, so this is where it's fictional, but it's really trying to dive into everyday situations, characters, and see how they behave. Very authentically Russian, so a lot of sadness, a lot of death, a lot of anguish and suffering that occurs within. But I really do feel it confirms a lot of what I've read elsewhere about Russia. So it gives me a, I suppose, understanding of what their culture is like in many ways. And without me having to particularly go to their country and see it. Now, I did enjoy the book, but I wouldn't say that the stories themselves were deeply engaging, that I absolutely loved them, that it's going to have a huge impact on me. So overall, The Death of Ivan Ilyich and Other Stories by Leo Tolstoy, I'm giving a 6 out of 10, an okay read, but nothing fantastic. That's it, my mere mortalites. Thank you for joining me to this part of the audio. Now, one thing I did want to recommend and I don't highlight it that often is I do these in video as well. So if you do actually like the video component, you can check me out on YouTube under Mere Mortals Book Reviews. All of the pictures that appear in the chapter images and arts, I also put on the video. So you're not missing out if you go there to see that. And once again, this is a podcasting 2.0 value-enabled podcast. So if you're really getting some value from these book reviews, it's awesome if you could send me some Satoshis, send me a Boostergram. I'll probably read them out if you send them onto, onto these um, aspects and I'll do that maybe in the book review recap that I do every month. Other than that, I really hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Kainun out.